0: Thank <music> you. Hello, Millennium Live listeners. Connor Tui here. Very happy to be back for another episode, especially as we approach 250 episodes of Millennium Live. It's great to have our audience and members, especially in the cybersecurity space, which uh, is the focus of this episode. And we want to thank you for sticking with us and and listening to this podcast. And we have got a good one today. I have uh, Anna Bellic. She is the director of the Office of Cybersecurity Strategy at Sysdig. And today we're going to be talking about speed of cloud, and how threat detection and response is different there. Anna, welcome to the Millennium Live podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks
1: for having me. It's awesome to be here.
0: Cool. So before we kind of dive in about setting the benchmark for cloud detection and response, uh, could you talk a little bit about your title uh, over there? I know you've you've held roles at, at Gartner before, and and now at two and a half years into uh, your role at Sysdig. So what is it like being the director of the Office of Cybersecurity Strategy?
1: It is a weird one, isn't it? It's not quite like Software Engineer 6 or whatever. (laughs) I write really good code. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, like you mentioned, my my old job was at Gartner. So I spent a little over six years at Gartner. And for those of you who are not familiar with Gartner, uh, Gartner is a research advisory firm. So they basically go around telling people how they ought to do IT and various parts of IT, including cybersecurity. Uh, So that's what I'm good at. (laughs) And when I joined Sysdig, I actually was originally the director of thought leadership. So that's what I do. I do thought leadership. And the point of thought leadership is to kind of abstract yourself a little bit from whatever the vendor is necessarily selling. So Sysdig sells cloud and container security, obviously, but the need for thought leadership is in that this is an emerging market. And so there are a lot of kind of weird questions of should we do this at all? How do we do this if we're going to do this? Where do we start? Where do we end? And so before you acquire a product or even after you acquire a product, as an end user org, you're going to have lots of questions of how to execute on whatever strategy drove you to acquire that product. And so my team pretty much tries to help people figure out what in the world they should be doing in cloud security, regardless of what they're buying or from whom. Of course, it's awesome if they buy something from us, but even if they don't, we're more than happy to engage with them and, and educate them and learn from them. And just sort of like try to make sense of all the confusion that is a wonderful emerging market.
0: Well, that's awesome. Uh, This is actually the second episode that we've done with Sysdig. And the first, uh, we had the pleasure of having uh, Bryce Hind, he's the chief marketing officer there. And we talked a lot about sort of the overview was redefining the consolidation of cloud security talked a lot about how cloud security is is really such a complicated topic and it's a crowded space. So one of the things I wanted to ask you Anna is that is specifically around detection and response. So how is threat detection traditionally done and how is it different in the cloud?
1: You could write a whole dissertation on that probably. A threat detection, it, again there if you think about the NIST cybersecurity framework or right, like the identify, prevent, detect, respond. I hope I got them all. Detection is kind of on the right, if, we, if you think of the, sh- the left-right diagram. Now, in the cloud, we're very good at prevention at this point, or we're getting there. Like, So we understand how to like audit a configuration in the cloud. We understand how to change those configurations so they're more secure. We understand how to look for vulnerabilities, et cetera. The reason we have our detection at all in cloud or on-premise is that no matter how good you are at prevention, it will fail. some point right either you will make a mistake or you will have some attacker that is very very clever and creative and they find a way to go around your controls to penetrate your system anyway and so you need threat detection at that point to make sure that you actually catch the badness that is occurring before it runs you out of business or what have you now on premise There's a lot of differences, by the way, between cloud and on-premise, but one of the key differences is on-premise, we sort of had, we had different kinds of controls that were fairly siloed, and they protected infrastructure, right? So you're thinking of a firewall is, you know, protecting your network perimeter. You think of intrusion detection system as like letting you know when some weird connection occurs, right? You think of... Endpoint detection and response, or network detection and response, or SIM and log management systems, they're all kind of looking for telemetry off of infrastructure to notice when something weird is occurring, right? And that made a lot of sense. Now, when we go to cloud, there is an abstraction that occurs, right? Some of the infrastructure becomes essentially property and responsibility of a cloud provider, right? So if you think of things like physical security, you don't deal with that if you're in a cloud, right, because the cloud provider deals with that. And so a bunch of other lower layers of the stack now become uh, the problem of the cloud provider, which is a whole other conversation. And so the security of stuff you put in cloud, as I say, is much, smells and looks much more like security of applications and security of data than it does like security of infrastructure, right? I'm being a little fuzzy because you can, can argue about what those words really mean. But in cloud, my main argument is you really should worry about not the server itself, but the application that is running on that server as the primary like crown jewel, if you will. And so if your controls are designed around protecting the applications and the data which they you know, operate on, then you are sort of operating in a more cloudy way. There are some consequences to that, right? So like one of the consequences to that is because we have abstracted a lot of the things that are lower in the stack, we actually get a unified control plane. The cloud is a bunch of APIs, right? And there's a bunch of stuff underneath that we don't think about, but those APIs are very well documented and they are the same for everyone. So if you wanted to like log into your account and you wanted to list like all of the users that you have in your account, we know exactly what command does that and we know exactly what the output's gonna be. And this is true for all the other API commands as well, right? This is great because it means like it's very easy for people to manage their stuff, but it also means that it's very easy for attackers to do reconnaissance on your stuff without ever touching your environment. So what you see is attackers will actually hone their attack and they will create a series of scripts that they practice on their own account or on some test account without ever having a target. And then once they have created this system, they can deploy that attack against any target because they all have exactly the same type of control plane and infrastructure that they're after, right? And so this allows them to move incredibly
0: quickly. That's very true. I mean, talk about the speed of the cloud. It's everything happens really fast. I think that's a way for cybersecurity leaders to be thinking about this in ways that how should leaders really be thinking about their detection and response in the cloud?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, like I said, I think you have to be very application centric, like very... Workload centric, but you can't forget about the fact that in order to get meaningful detection and response, you're actually looking for correlations between data points you're collecting from the different layers, right? Like we have the control plane, so like your AWS account and its control plane. Um, you have the workload, so your you might be running something in a serverless function, right? And things that occur that happen to that serverless function may be relevant to the things that happen in the control plane, but it's very hard to have all of the telemetry from all of those types of systems in one place, right? Like you have access to logs in cloud, which is great because they're just sitting there for you and you should use them. You have access to other cloud native security kind of tools that are provided to you by the cloud provider. And then you have access to open source tools and third-party commercial tools, right? So all of these different kinds of tools can give you data about the events that can occur at these different places, right? So, my point is like, if you're a security leader and you're thinking about what you need to have full visibility, then A, consider the data sources you would need to kind of know just enough information to detect an attack that actually scares you. You can start with a simple example, right? Like, let's say you wanted to detect a crypto miner. That's not necessarily scary, but it's so common that if you can't detect a crypto miner, I'm like a little bit scared for you. So, if you wanted to detect a crypto miner, the best way is actually not through logs, right? Because most of the logs you would get in cloud wouldn't actually see a crypto miner. You may be able to pick up some weird behavior that looks Led to the crypto miner later on, like certain commands, but more than likely you would need something on the node on which the miner was running, right? So this is like an EC2 or some other IS instance. And for that, more than likely you would need either a third-party tool that can see into that node's activity, like a sysdeg, for example, or you could rely some cloud providers actually have tools in the hypervisor, for example. So that's below your ability to see, but they will auto-block miners that occur, right? So now you're like, okay, well, do I trust the provider to just block them? Do I need my own tool to also see them? And at the end of the day, like you're trying to answer the question of how do I get full coverage to see all of the events that matter? And then how do I distill the output of that so that my team, like my security operations center or my cloud security team, whoever is dealing with that information, is able to actually react to the events that are important, which is perhaps harder than actually having the visibility, right? Like we're all struggling with visibility right now, but I think the harder problem is actually extracting the most relevant data out of that sea of data you get once you have visibility.
0: A lot of the things I'm picking up is one of the, one of them is definitely speed and how things need to be done fast. And speaking of, usually I'm the one that has to slow down when I talk, so it's it's nice to meet somebody who also talks pretty fast. <laughs> how fast should teams be moving on this? And I know uh Cystic has a five 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 rule. If you want to talk about that, that's
1: right. Yeah, teams should be moving at least as fast as Anna talks. Right. That's the that's the new. That's the, that's going to be the title chart. of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we actually went out and were brave and set a benchmark because I think one of the challenges sometimes in uh, emerging fields in security is that everyone's sort of low key scared and anxious about what they're doing and if that's good enough. But we often take a really long time to just set a standard and say, you know, you have to be at least this tall to kind of like qualify for good enough. So we set the 555 benchmark. And what that means is five seconds to detect a signal that means one signal from one data source in the cloud. That could be a log, that could be a system call, it could be a, some kind of network signal, it could be anything. The implication is you need more than one signal. So you're gonna select any number of them within five seconds each. The second five is you have five minutes to correlate the signals that you have collected, right? Because as anyone who's done third detection ever knows, most signals aren't that meaningful, especially in isolation. So you either need to enrich that signal with some kind of context, like something about the asset or something about the vulnerabilities that are associated, and slash, or you need to correlate that signal to other signals that are relevant, like things that happened uh, at the same time or things that uh, might otherwise be indicative, maybe maybe indicators of compromise, like s- something like that, right? You have five minutes to take all those signals you collected and connect them to each other in a way that gives your security operations center some meaningful information to act on and not just a bunch of noise. And then you have five more minutes to initiate the incident response, right? Because we're assuming that something bad is happening, therefore the threat is being detected. If a bad thing is happening, because as our threat report that we released earlier this year indicates, the average cloud attack takes ten minutes. You effectively have less than ten minutes to stop that attack, or at least contain that attack's kill chain. Hence, five, five, five. I know the math is not like obvious because it's five seconds, five minutes, five minutes, but you get ten minutes total.
0: If cybersecurity leaders who are listening to this podcast are thinking of building their threat detection capability for cloud, you know what what should be what should they be thinking about in terms of people? process and technology that will enable them to meet this 5.5.5 benchmark. Oh, that's also
1: fantastic. It's a whole Gartner document waiting to be written right there. Let's start with technology because that's the easiest one, I think. So for technology, if you want to have a robust threat detection program in the cloud, I think you pretty much have to have a third-party tool involved, right? You should definitely leverage what the cloud provider gives you. So they do offer like all kinds of logs and you may even have some ability to analyze those logs in the cloud provider natively. Usually that's not sufficient, but you should definitely start with that if you have nothing else because like it's already there. When I say third party, by the way, I don't necessarily mean you have to pay for it. You could use an open source tool like Falco, for example, and Falco is an open source threat detection engine with a rule language associated with it. So you can detect all kinds of events on servers, infrastructure as a service instances in the cloud. And, and also actually it can process um, logs, like CloudTrail logs and logs and other kinds of logs, right? So you need this type of tool for the visibility to actually get all the data. And then the analytics aspect, you can DIY. It's kind of hard. I would highly recommend you start with some sort of commercial offering if you're doing this seriously, because most tools these days that are purporting to do threat detection will do some form of analytics and like the signal correlation for you. So the better the threat intelligence and detection engineering team is on the provider that you're engaging with, the more likely you are to have a good experience. Obviously, we have an amazing team, so come talk to us. But I would ask these questions, like, how do you, the vendor, actually decide what is worth detecting, right? And if you don't get a good answer to that, like maybe run. So that's the tools. The people is maybe the hardest, but I will go there next because I think it's the most interesting. What a sock actually looks like is changing actually i don't think it's changing as fast as it should be in my opinion but it is changing because when we go to cloud we are going there necessarily to build really cool products faster like that's the whole business value of cloud is like hey i can start a company in like three days and i can build and scale a piece of software that can actually be sold to people to make money at the time scale that was unreasonable like 20 years ago when I had to like go and buy servers and wreck them and kind of like <laughs> configure a whole data center to start anything, right? That's the point. And that means that most applications that are being monitored for threats in cloud are therefore custom built or at least heavily custom configured. And that means that a security operations center that is looking at the alerts to come out of these detections is going to have a hard time understanding the business context of that application because they are kind of snowflakes. They're like fairly bespoke relative to say a SOC that's used to responding to alerts on your end user laptops, right? Like detecting sort of like phishing events and malware events is, I'm going to say much easier than it is detecting interesting events on custom built applications. Oftentimes, like in our customers, we'll see that actually a lot of the SOC functions are performed by like a DevSecOps team, which is this blended team that has lots of different expertise, but you necessarily need folks that are kind of intellectually agile enough to embrace like the developer and the DevOps perspective, but also to sort of like Understand how a SOC should operate and how a SOC normally operates and what like a proper incident response plan looks like, which is not something DevOps tends to deal with, right? So you're really looking for kind of unicorn folks on the bright side. You have, I mean, as a leader, you have the opportunity to hire a lot of people who may be fairly junior right now and don't necessarily have all the skills, but are super eager to learn this stuff because this is the future, right? So I kind of would suggest you try to get yourself like one amazing senior and then surround that person with juniors who are just like eager to learn this new. Kind of way of operating and don't necessarily have a lot of the bad habits of on prem that we might bring with us otherwise. The process one, I think that will be, it will heavily rely on the team and technology you chose, right? But I'll say one kind of cliche thing that's really important is you need automation, like you desperately need automation to operate this fast, but you cannot automate a process that does not exist, right? If you're starting from scratch, or even if you're starting from just less than you wish you had, like you can't meet the 555 benchmark today. Start by figuring out which process needs to exist for you to get there and then start automating those processes. So one example I'll give is you need auto response actions, right? Our tool does that, other tools do that. You can use SOAR or other forms of playbooks and automation kind of platforms to do that. But like, if you see a crypto miner in AWS instance or any cloud instance, there's no reason for that to keep running. Like you should be automatically shutting those down every single time they appear, right? So that's a very easy 555 test, right? Like, okay, how fast can you detect a crypto miner should be able to do that within seconds, maybe minutes maximum. And how quickly can you shut that down automatically without a human being involved? Should also be seconds or minutes, right? Like, I bet you could do that in three minutes almost every time, right? And that's an easy one, right? It gets more complicated when the kill chain is complex. So for us, like, if you have a chance to take a look at like Scarlet Yell, there's a couple of blogs are 13 wrote about Scarlet Yale. It's a fairly complex cloud kill chain. It only takes three minutes, 42 seconds to execute, by the way, which is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, And you could, there, there is a possible response action for each stage of the kill chain, even if you do not have the full information of what the kill chain ultimately is, right? So you could, at every step, at every kind of suspicious activity, have taken some containing res- automatic response action that is not so destructive that it would probably interrupt the the business kind of operating, but that is kind of enough to make it harder for the attacker to keep going. This is what you're looking for. You're looking for these moments where you can create an auto-response action that will do just enough to be annoying or to prevent and or contain further damage. And then as your organization matures, you become kind of better versed in this type of detection engineering that sort of automatically presumes that a response will occur.
0: One thing that you mentioned that I want to bring up, and it comes to cloud detection and response tools, it seems like all cloud security tools should be able to detect this fast. As we mentioned here in the podcast from the start, cloud security is a very crowded space. What makes one cloud security tool better than another, but what makes Sysdig stand out from the crowd? So you put
1: me on the spot. I'm like, I don't actually do marketing, but I guess I have to right now. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's a crowded space because there's a lot of problems to be solved. I mean, like the cynical view is there's like a lot of money to be made, I guess, but there are a lot of problems to be solved. Many things in cloud operations are very different than where on, on-prem operations, or even if you just think about like, what are the primary controls that we have? Like the firewalls are gone basically. And now we have to deal with like identity, which is like machine identity. Like what is a service identity? This is wild, right? So I think there is plenty of stuff to work on forever. And so the number of vendors is kind of warranted. Like you have these many vendors because there's that many problems to solve. I do think we all kind of sound the same a little bit in many ways. One thing that I think makes Sysdig stand out a lot is there are many folks that started on the prevention side because that tends to be where people go first, where like end users want to solve the problem first. Like maybe I can stop these things from happening before they happen. And it's true, like you should do that. Like the CSF says you should start with that. But we are more biased toward the detection side, right? So I mean, we do a full spectrum of things. We do have like CSPM capabilities, we have um, vulnerability management capabilities, all this stuff that everyone else does. But we are really amazing at runtime security, right? So seeing things as they happen in real time, being able to let you know as soon as it's actually happened, like within seconds of some event triggering, allowing you to auto respond to that event, potentially within even like our policy set within Sysdig. And then the threat research team coming up, like discovering these completely novel attacks that no one's ever seen before that only happen in cloud. And then teaching our customers how to protect themselves from that stuff. I find that the most exciting because I've always felt that threat detection is probably the hardest part of security. Fight me on LinkedIn if you want, but it is therefore the most interesting. And and I mean, my of course my bias is like, yeah, prevention is great. You got to do prevention. It will fail if you had to choose between prevention and detection. Like I'll take detection because I know the prevention will fail. And if your detection is terrible, like it doesn't matter. But if your detection is amazing, the prevention fails, you're still covered on the on the right side, right? Yeah, we are awesome with our detection in cloud.
0: That's a great point. So, Anna, I, I can't let you go without asking one last question. I like to end the podcast either on a futuristic question or a little piece of wisdom. So if there's you know cybersecurity leaders who are you're, you're rethinking the speed of detection and response, what piece of uh, wisdom could you share of what you've learned?
1: This is so non-futuristic because it's like boring analyst advice. <laughs> okay, pick your top three use cases. I mean, people see benchmarks and they go, oh my God, we'll never meet that number. Or like, oh, it's too fast. I don't know. We can't do that. My team is not strong enough. I don't have the money. Whatever, right? Uh, like let all the excuses go. Like literally sit down with your sock or your DevOps is in charge of dealing with this fun and ask them like, what are the three things that if we detected these three things tomorrow, it would be like the worst day of your life? right? Because there are, I mean, whether it's ransomware, whether it's like exfiltration of certain kinds of data, like whatever they are, figure out what they are, and then start building a process to detect those three use cases, or just one of them, like pick your favorite one uh, within 555, right? Like Make sure you have the data sources configured that will allow you to have the data. Make sure you have a way to handle that data once it comes from the sources to correlate it or analyze it or at least pipe it to some central location so somebody could go look at it. And then make sure you have an idea of what in the world the response would actually look like and who needs to be involved and in, in how to make that faster. And yeah, if you do that today, you're going to end up with some number, like we're able to execute this in 30 minutes or whatever. And then you'll either say, Anna is crazy, 555 is impossible, or my team is bad and we'll never get there. But just iterate, right? Like figure out why you're slow. What's the bottleneck? Is it because you don't have the data? Is it because you don't, you know, have the automation and then just keep working on those things and you'll get there, right? Like our top customers can do 555 on a number of use cases, not every single use case, but they can do it on important use cases. And most of their SLAs for incident response are within 10, 15 minutes anyway. So do it, just do it. It'll be fine.
0: And you're a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for helping us set the benchmark for cloud detection and response. Anna Bellick, I I need to say this title one more time because it's awesome. Director, Office of Cybersecurity Strategy over at Sysdig. Thank you so much for joining the Millennium Live podcast and to our listeners for sticking with us through 250 episodes. See you soon.